Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. This is episode number one hundred. What sixteen now? One hundred and sixteen. I had had to double check. My goodness, I'm losing count. I'm losing track. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we've got some uh, a few things to talk about. We had a trade to announce last time. We have a few trades to talk about this time around. Uh, we're going to ask a couple things right at the hop of the show here. Uh, number one. If you are waiting in the comment section, please feel free to just start putting things in there about uh, how you felt either about the game tonight or trades, whatever else, and we'll kind of start cycling through. Uh, also, if you can go ahead and retweet us, share us on Facebook, uh, anywhere and everywhere that you've seen our posts, if you can get that out to your friends, family, let's get the conversation going in here because I'm looking forward to having a, a pretty good conversation uh, with all the things happening tonight. Um, the, we'll get to some of the trades. I want to zoom through the game really, really fast just to give people an opportunity to kind of come in here. Um, so the Sharks lost 4 nothing. Nothing happened in the game. Uh, there you go. We're essentially done now. So, uh, Aaron, are, are we ready to talk about the trades? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, what just happened? <laughs> well done. Well played, Super Producer Jason. You are awesome. Uh, okay, so the uh, first thing, and we talked about this last episode, Aaron. Devin Dubnik sent to Colorado for Greg Patteron and a 2021 fifth-round pick. Um, what do you think about this one? One more time. Okay. I, I felt it was a good trade. I thought it was decent value. Some people didn't really agree with you. And I know you're going back and forth with someone on, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know if you want to bring that up or not, nope. but uh, go ahead and just kind of give your thoughts on that one. One more time. Um, well, the sharks gave up a fifth round pick to get him originally. So they get that fifth round pick back. So Dubnik pretty much gave up his services and the sharks got another defenseman on top of it. Um, again, that defenseman is just a right-handed, um, was it Pateran, Pateran? Pateran. I'm never going to say his name right. Pateran. <laughs> um, he, uh, the Sharks or the the Avalanche needed to get rid of a, a roster spot, uh, a contract basically. And so they probably just asked the Sharks, which one do you want? And they said, a right-handed shot defenseman. We'll take him. So he's a 30-year-old guy. He's not some top prospect. It's not like uh, they're going to have something waiting in the wings. He's pretty much a sixth, seventh defenseman that's a right-handed shot. In case somebody gets hurt, uh, he'll probably be in the, I don't know if he's on the – well, he's not on the Texas squad yet because he just got traded. They probably have to quarantine for a little bit. But um, anyway, I don't expect to see a ton of him, but uh, at least they have some depth there. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with the trade because Dubnik was not going to be re-signing with the Sharks next season. Uh, this kind of frees up the pipeline in a way of goaltenders that we have. So now Melnichuk and or Koshinash, another guy I'll never – say correctly. Uh, it's going to get some, was that right? Yeah. Yeah. Koshinash. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get some playing time. Um, I, I probably the next week or two, you're going to see one of those guys get a start here, uh, especially at the back-to-backs going up maybe this weekend. Uh, Jones is going to get some rest. They're going to kind of see what they want. Um, and this is essentially going to be the, see if e- either one of these guys can be a backup next season, a full-time backup. Now, I don't know if these guys are ready to be starters. Malnichuk, I still think, needs a lot more time and a lot more starts at AHL level. Um, and on top of that, they signed uh, Zach Sachenko, and that helped because right now you have to have three goalies up basically at the NHL level, one on the taxi squad. So both Malnichuk and um, Koshinash are on the either on the team or on the taxi squad, and none of them are playing at the AHL, so nobody's getting any minutes right now. So signing Sachenko means they could probably bring him up or rotate those three guys around to kind of get all three some some NHL experience and uh, at the same time get some regular playing time at the AHL level. Um, so 
I think it's fine. It's fine trade with me. They like, we're going to go over these other ones. Doug Wilson pretty much got something from nothing. So he, he's bolstering up. Granted, they're not high end draft picks. They're not first, second, third round draft picks, but better than nothing. And you see this all the time where we pull it. We, uh, the sharks will trade multiple picks to move up into the draft or even move down and get multiple picks. So giving them some more, more options coming up. Yeah. More, more currency, more draft currency assets to, to use. Um, you know, you, you can go ahead and make those picks. And, and, and I think Doug Wilson had said this as well. Those, those guys that are in the later rounds, especially this year, you know, there's the scouting, uh, was very different this season. So you you might see a lot more of these guys who maybe would have gone higher uh, in the draft kind of falling just because the scouting on them was incomplete. So uh, if they feel that they've got, you know, a, an inside track on a guy and other teams around the league maybe don't, then maybe they can go after that guy in the later round. So, um, you know, absolutely. These, these fifth round picks might actually be worth a little bit more than a typical fifth round pick might be. And as we said, you know, he might be packaging these ones to move up a little bit in the draft. He's no stranger to doing that. So, uh, or, you know, he, you know how, uh, the Joe Will special is the, uh, trade the fifth to get two sevenths. So, uh, maybe he's stocking up on fifth round picks to get extra sevenths. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, so the, well, my thoughts on Greg Patteron again, uh, this is a guy who he needed to be added to the deal to make the deal work. The salary cap wasn't going to work otherwise. Um, the, the amount that he makes and the amount that Devin Dubnik was getting paid by the Sharks. Again, there was some salary retention originally from Minnesota, but the amount that was left over was essentially the exact same amount uh, as with Greg Pettering. So um, that was a guy that needed to come back to make that trade work. Uh, it just so happens that he's a depth right-handed defenseman who's not of the uh, fancy, flashy variety, like say an Eric Carlson or a Brent Burns, not the offensive talent. Uh, he's a guy that's going to run around and hit people. So, um, I, and not somebody I even expect to really get many games in, although the way that Yarosh was playing tonight, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sold. So, Hey, maybe he, he factors in the lineup and they kind of see what, uh, what he can do. Uh, if he so shows them a little bit of, of, uh, something that they, they like a little bit of that physicality and he's been fairly responsible. Maybe you'll see him get re-signed. Uh, but this is a guy I fully intend, uh, to see make it to free agency in, in the next season here. So, um, again, like you said, not a prospect. Uh, in any case, uh, yeah, getting a fifth round pick right back for a guy that was probably not going to be resigning with the Sharks. Although, again, he he said all the right things, saying though that that they treated him the right way. He would have loved to see what they could do in a full season uh, with San Jose, making it sound like he would like to come back. But hey, who knows? So, in any case, um, there's a clip here, and I'm going to warn you guys right now. We have several clips. Uh, that we're going to show you guys. So we're going to be cutting uh, back and forth quite a bit, but you're going to be hearing directly from uh, Doug Wilson, his thoughts and the uh, the, the media um, coverage that they had with him. So we've got lots of these clips here. So this first clip that we're going to talk about here, uh, he was asked essentially, were you hoping that they were better picks or do you think that the picks that you received were fair? Now, this was a question that the community was asking and it was very appropriate that the media had asked him this question as well. So we're going to go ahead and roll this clip and see his response. No, I'll be honest with you. I think if you ask me now, I think they're pretty fair. I think this is where we wanted to get to especially in the uniqueness of this draft. We think uh, that's why getting two of those picks um, in this year's draft was important. We have eight total. Probably by the time we get to the draft, I wouldn't be surprised if we have 10 picks. Um, but a lot of the players that haven't played or haven't been seen much, I think the ability to get some really good players uh, in those mid-rounds is probably more than it's ever been before. 
So you noticed in that clip there, he said uh, we have eight. And by the time uh, we get to the draft, maybe 10 picks. So, um, yeah, Aaron, I mean, it's it sounds like he's kind of hinting at something else happening at the draft. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't remember if I clipped one of these other things that he talked about, but they asked about the uh, expansion drafts um, and he pretty much said that it, I think what he's what he's doing or what he did this season is he has a bunch of cap space and that was on purpose because there's teams that don't have it and they're going to get desperate and need to move some players. Uh, some guys are going to want to get something in return instead of Seattle taking him for free. So we might see some players moved and moved around and the Sharks are going to be in a good position to get some of those players. So I fully expect there's going to be some prospects or players or Maybe some teams are going to um, send some terrible contracts our way to the Sharks this season because we can bury them in a way um, and get fully compensated for them with more picks. So he's hinting at some stuff here, which is fantastic. So this is not going to be all the draft picks. In fact, we have a graphic here to show you right now. This is how many draft picks are uh, in possession of the Sharks going into the draft um so we don't have the second round draft pick because that is part of the carlson trade but for 2021 we have our first third two fourths two fifths a sixth and a seventh uh that is eight picks in seven rounds so they have an extra pick than they normally would have um and we fully expect them to have some more going in there and, and i wouldn't be surprised if some of those get traded up for probably a second round pick uh because they're not in that second round pick uh, did you see what Columbus has done, by the way? No, please go ahead. Columbus traded a couple players away. Um, I was going to bring up the Sharks one. Just in general, they have three first-round picks in wow. this draft. Now, that's amazing. That's that's great. And Boston was kind of the other team that had done that recently in the 2015 draft, which is funny because that 2015 draft was very deep, and the three players that they got right in the middle of that round I think only one has regular NHL experience. So they kind of whiffed on a great opportunity <laughs> there. Um, but uh, I forgot where I was even going with this. They they got three first round draft picks. Um, but oh, I know this draft is going to be a weird draft because a lot of these young players are valued differently than they normally would be because of COVID. A lot of these guys haven't played as much hockey as they, sh- they normally would have. So it's hard to value them. Uh, there's not really like a clear consensus of, order in terms of where some of these guys are. So I think it's a terrible time to have three first round draft picks, honestly, because there's a higher chance that you're going to whiff on those picks being an NHL caliber player. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Super producer Jason just put on the screen and he just took it off. But uh, if you're enjoying the stream and you want to contribute to the show, uh, monetarily at least, uh, please uh, feel free to hit us up on the Venmo there at the Fin Factor. The more you know. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you'd like to do that, please feel free. Otherwise, Super Chat is always there and available as well. So um, if you'd like to support the show, uh, we would absolutely love to hear from you. And we'll uh, certainly read your comment out. Uh, live right now. So uh, I wanted to see one comment in here. Where did it go? Uh, well, Sonic Talk saying, hi, guys. Hi, chat. Yes. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, where did it go? Doug Wilson will have a busy offseason. Anthony Sanchez. That's the one. Um, yes, absolutely. He will have a busy offseason. Now, um, we just talked about, you know, him going from maybe eight draft picks. Uh, he says, you know, potentially even up to 10 draft picks. 
And then that graphic, we saw that they had no second, but they did have a pair of fourths and a third. I mean, it wouldn't be inconceivable to have them package the fourths together to get to a third and then package the thirds together to get to the second. Uh, there's lots of different things that he can do here, as well as, you know, his own assets in terms of the players and whatnot. So uh, there could definitely be a whole lot of movement. He's got lots of options when you have that many uh, draft picks available to you. So um, it'll be really interesting to see. So while this season may not be the best season to watch Sharks hockey, there's definitely going to be some really interesting things happening uh, in the offseason, during the draft, even free agency. It'll be kind of a a wild one, I think, because, again, the Sharks are going to have a pretty good amount of cap space, especially after Seattle pulls one of those players. If they pull, say, a Brent Burns, that's a ton of money freed up that you can spend on a very solid player and for agency that might be able to, you know, supercharge this team going back into, you know, competitive mode. So, you know, who knows? I think that one of the best things to do really would be to keep your eye on it. And, and even though the sharks aren't very good right now, it'll be a very interesting off season. And I think it's definitely something you guys want to keep your eyes on. So there's that anyway, uh, moving on from this one here, uh, the, the Devin Dubnik trade, which already happened. We already talked about in the last episode, Steph Nason was traded to Toronto for a 2021 fourth round pick. Now, this was one that had a lot more going on behind the scenes. This was a three-way trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So what happened was Nick Foligno got sent to San Jose and Columbus retained half of his salary. San Jose then flips Foligno, and this is part of the deal. It's not like they had Foligno as an asset thinking, oh, we're going to keep him, and then got another trade offer. This was already kind of predetermined. So all they were doing was helping out with the salary retention, and in doing that, they were able to get the fourth. But... Um, so Felino basically goes, uh, to Toronto, but Nason goes with him. So we end up dumping a contract as well from a guy that had played what five games, I believe, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, played five games for the San Jose Sharks and no disrespect to him. He's the first guy that we ever interviewed. That's an active roster player. Um, so that was cool, but. Um, he wasn't exactly a difference maker on the team and he wasn't a guy that was getting any, any playing time really. So, um, he was waived, sent to the Barracuda, and passed waivers. Nobody picked him up. So to be able to trade him and, and just uh, basically use the salary retention as a way of doing that as as well with, with Felino to get a fourth, um, that to me is huge. Yeah, absolutely. I, and this is a guy that was not, like you said, he's not even playing for the Sharks, and they get a fourth-round pick for him. Uh, granted, that's that's part of the cost of doing business of retaining that salary. And that salary, I have it right here on Cap Friendly, um, they're holding $1.375 million of Nick Felino. So the Sharks, um, they were asked, or he was asked about this as well. Um, and he, and we'll get to this clip, actually. It's a little bit later for the different trade. But there are some other teams out there that were doing the same thing. You saw a lot of three-way trades where a team was retaining salary or in multiple teams retaining the same sa- or the same player's salary and trading them. Uh, it's kind of a workaround, I guess, for for retaining. You can only retain 50% max of a salary of a player for trading him. So it's kind of a way that GMs have figured out how to how to make it work. But the cost of doing business is giving up some of your, your picks for it. So the Sharks were able to take advantage uh, and get themselves a fourth-round draft pick and also shed yet another contract off of their books. So the Sharks, I think going into today, we're up to 49 contracts or 48 contracts, and they're down to 46. So um, making more space to take on some other contracts, making more cap space, or I guess taking on because they had cap space to deal with it, but it's only retaining for one year. It's not going to be around for a long time. Um, I think uh, I think it's a great 
yet another pulling an asset out of nothing, really. Here's Stefan Nason that could, anyone could have claimed him on waivers and didn't, and now they had to pay a fourth-round draft pick for him. Yeah. No, and, and again, they're paying for the salary retention, but again, you get them off of your books, right? Um, so I don't know. I, again, I think it's a pretty solid move. Now, I see in here Anthony Sanchez uh, at Paul. Uh, what UFA is going to want to sign with the dumpster fire sharks? What's the point of having a lot of cap space if nobody is willing to sign with the sharks? Hey, you know, you make a good point, except it's invalid because Taylor Hall signed with the Buffalo Sabres. Well, it. The Sharks are setting themselves up to have a lot more money to spend on higher free agents. Sharks yeah. have a, they still have a pretty good core. Eric Carlson is world-class um, offensive defenseman. I'm not going to say he's a world-class defenseman, defensive defenseman. That's just not who he is. But you don't think a winger's going to come in here. And I, the other thing is Seattle's coming into the, into the year that's going to dilute kind of the free agency pool in a way that there's more players that are going to be looking for teams. Um, more teams will have some space. So the, some of the teams are going to get um, stuck and not be able to sign those high-end talent. Just like you said, Taylor Hall went to Buffalo, which is an odd choice. I mean, Buffalo wasn't supposed to be such a dumpster fire that they were this year. Nobody thought they were going to be. With all the talent they had, but um, it, it – it's not that the Sharks or San Jose is not a destination point. I think a little reset, bringing in a couple more depth players next year or some scores, I think is going to change things around. I don't I don't think they're that far away from being competitive again. Yeah, I think players talk to each other. And I, I think that, you know, guys that, that are interested in maybe accepting an offer from the Sharks are going to talk to other players that they've uh, they've known that played with the organization or played against that played in the organization, guys that they've played with you know, in their college years or their junior years and talk to those players. And I think they're going to see exactly how uh, firsthand accounts, they're going to get that information on how the Sharks do treat their players. Um, and, and you've only heard, ever heard good things about the way that the Sharks players get treated uh, in San Jose. And of course it's in San Jose. It's, it's, it's a nice place to live as well. So that's, those are things that I think are intangibles uh, that other teams can't really offer nor touch because of just straight location. And then, of course, because, of the, again, the the front office, the way that they treat their people. I mean, Devin Dubnik said it as well, and he was here for, you know, what, less than half of a season or about half of a season. Um, so, I don't know. I think there's definitely reasons that a, a player would want to come to San Jose, even if their record wasn't the greatest and that they weren't able to make playoffs. I think they'll take a look at the roster and say, you know what, these are – world-class players in Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Logan Couture, um, Evander Kane, even the guys like Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc who are struggling right now. Um, those are talented guys. If I was on this team, I bet I could kickstart that line and we could get going. Uh, and it would be great to play with these guys who are constantly going to be looking for me from the blue line uh, up the ice. So uh, giving me lots of opportunities. And the fact that if you are a pretty solid player, I mean, even when we were talking about Ryan Donato, who is not by any means a superstar in this league, um, he was getting opportunities on the second line. So if you're a pretty good player, you know you're going to be on the, the top of the roster there. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's good opportunities right now for UFAs looking at San Jose. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's go ahead and move forward to the next trade that we wanted to talk about. This was Nick DeSimone. Uh, going to the Vegas Golden Knights for a 2022 fifth round pick. And I believe this was Buffalo's 2022 fifth round pick, which basically means it's a late fourth, if you want to think of it that way, because Buffalo's very, very bad. Uh, but this one, again, was a three-way trade. Matthias Janmark uh, was sent to San Jose 
uh, and salary was retained. This was uh, from Chicago. And again, San Jose takes Jan Mark, flips him with Nick DeSimone, a defenseman who had a few games with the San Jose uh, Sharks, along with Clayson. We'll get to him in a bit. Um, they played admirably, I think. And actually, those few games, I think, might have been a reason that uh, that VGK was saying, you know what? Yeah, we wouldn't mind DeSimone, actually. So uh, I think they're actually getting a pretty decent player in terms of if they have an injury, they can certainly plug him in. Although I, I think that they had said DeSimone was being lent back to the San Jose Barracuda, so he didn't actually have to go anywhere, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, this is something that happened uh, between uh, San Jose, Chicago, and the Vegas Golden Knights. So, again, they end up unloading Nick DeSimone, who is a good player, don't get me wrong, but he, he couldn't really crack the Sharks lineup. Uh, and they get another 2022 fifth-round pick, which is going to be – you know, it's Buffalo, so it's going to be a very early fifth-round pick. Aaron, what do you think of this? Uh, yet again, another guy not on the active roster, and uh, the Sharks are getting something out of it. And to me, I feel like it's it's pretty amazing what he did, and everyone's probably – everyone of the haters of Doug Wilson to say, what are you talking about, like earlier today on Twitter. But um, I think uh, he's done an amazing job of not really getting rid of any rostered players other than Dubnik, and at that time – Dubnik's been the backup to Jones since Jones has been playing well. So um, if to me, it's like if the Sharks could make the playoffs, they would do it without granted. They didn't bring anybody else on that was going to help their roster now, but they didn't lose anybody either. So I feel like if they had traded some active roster players, you would really be like, wow, they're really not even going to try to make the playoffs. But I think uh, they still have a chance or still have a shot, even though they looked terrible tonight. Uh, there's still an outside chance that they could make it. So uh, giving the Sharks a chance to still kind of make playoffs and make a little bit of a splash. But um, I, I just think it's great that he's getting all these picks for players that aren't even playing. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, again, it was, it was the, the three-way trade and, and cap retention. And we have a clip here. They were asked about the benefit of the three-way trades and cap retention. So uh, let's play that one right now. Well, both the deals that involved us being a middleman in the deals, we we expressed the ability that we'd uh, save some cap space this year. I think coming into the last couple of days, we had uh, close to 12 million in cap space, and that allowed us to be able to participate to be a, a team that could um, uh, help teams uh, in a flat cap year be able to acquire some players. But it came at a uh, at a benefit to us being able to acquire those picks, which um, especially with this year's draft are very important. So I think it was a a win-win situation, but again, by maintaining uh, our cap space this year and making some of the decisions we did, I think we were in a position to uh, to do this. Yeah, so I I, I think, um, like you said, they were in a position to do it. We saw some other teams in the league do it as well, and there were some teams that could do it, and they would have done the same thing. So. There was a question asked, uh, kind of a follow-up question of like, wow, you did this with Vegas Knights. That's kind of weird. It's one of your biggest rivals. Why would you do that? And that was a really big question that a lot of fans had because uh, to me, fans go a little bit too crazy. Like you don't deal with your division. That's really stupid. You're hurting yourself. But to me, it's like, come on, man. Like the Sharks, to me, the Sharks aren't making the playoffs this year. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they should, not that they should tank, but I think that they should hope for a better draft lottery position than than going all out and getting players coming in. So I don't mind helping the Vegas Knights because the Sharks just aren't even on their level right now. What what the heck? 
Because if you don't, someone else will. And that's this is exactly what his answer was. So let's roll this clip right here of what Doug Wilson had to say about it. If we didn't do it, five other teams would have done it. And, and it's what's best for us, acquiring a, a draft pick for doing that. So that's uh, that's just the way that it works. It's like trading draft picks on the draft floor. Um, so this, uh, uh, you know, I would rather we get that pick than uh, some of our fellow rivals. There you go. And the other thing is like, yeah, Vegas – you could think of it this way. You're taking away a pick from Vegas. So you're hurting them. Right. In the yeah. long run, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, okay. So you, you get them Matias Yanmark, right? Um, is, is he a guy that you have to worry about so much uh, going forward? If they happen to resign him or whatever else is Nick DeSimone, uh, a guy who wasn't on your active roster, a guy that you have to worry about so much going forward. Maybe the Barracuda will have to worry about him, but again, they loaned him back to the Barracuda. So I can't imagine uh, they actually need him right now. So um, I think these are guys that the, the Sharks are totally okay helping Vegas be better now, um, but it's probably not going to be too detrimental in the future. Look, if we're having a hard enough time beating Vegas as it is, Matias Yanmark isn't going to be uh, the difference maker that makes them so much better than us than they already are anyway. So I, I don't know. I think, I, I think you're 100% right. You take a pick away from Vegas, if anything else, and you take a pick away from any of the rivals in the, around the league that would have done the exact same trade, uh, giving up anybody else, not just, you know, uh, in this case, it was uh, Nick DeSimone, but one of their prospects who's maybe better than DeSimone would make them even stronger. But again, you, you take that pick and you use it for yourself. I think that's the right move here. And I think, uh, you know, again, this is a, a guy that is not on the active roster and we get a, a solid pick for him. Now, um, I know someone had kind of said, uh, oh, it's not really a haul because uh, you had used that word before. Maybe that wasn't the right word to use necessarily. Haul would be uh, kind of like a, a bigger, um, you know, inbound um, of of picks or higher quality picks or whatever. But still to be able to pull something back. And I, I think a fifth is, is pretty solid for a guy. Again, like you said, he's not even on your roster. Right. So um, yeah, was there- well done. Yeah, Mark is a UFA after this year. So he's a true rental. He's not even going to sign with Vegas. So. Sharks miss playoffs. They get a draft pick from their rival. They're taking away a draft pick from their rival and helping out with salary retention for one season, like, or not even season, just this year, just the end of this year. That's it. So they paid for a draft pick away from Vegas. If you were a Vegas fan, wouldn't you be upset that you just traded a draft pick to your rival? That I, I would be more upset about that than, than, uh, than the other way around. So yeah, I have no problem with it. Yeah, no, that's fair because as a Vegas fan, if you think about it, you would rather that they did a deal, a three-way deal with somebody who wasn't a rival, mm-hmm. right? Because then you're giving that pick to somebody else, maybe in the East or whatever. Um, I just want to call out one comment before we kind of move on to the next trade that we want to talk about here. Uh, I'm going to say this wrong, maybe Pinor, Panore. I'm not sure. He says, yo, <laughs> is there other ways to learn hockey faster? I barely started and I'm choosing the Sharks to root for. So a couple things. One, um, certainly subscribe to our channel because we we really do enjoy talking and you'll get lots of uh, helpful tips uh, and people that are being very kind usually in the comment section when we do these live shows. So uh, the community here has been really nice. Uh, we're very family friendly as well. So um, if that's kind of your thing, you're in the right spot. So uh, absolutely be sure to ask any questions uh, of the community. These folks here, super nice, super knowledgeable. They'll help you out all the way along the way there. Uh, and it's, as far as choosing the Sharks to root for, you picked the wrong year, but you know what? We can only go up. We can only go up. Uh, hey, glory- it's, it's, 
I'm okay with filling the bandwagon. It's impressive <laughs> filling the bandwagon in a terrible year. So thank you for choosing. I'm curious, did you choose it because you like the logo or the jersey or something? Like what what was the reasoning for it? Or do you live near San Jose? Uh, just curious. I would say what I always tell people is always you need to go see it live. It's a little harder to do these days because of coronavirus. So um, try and watch as much as you can. Um, if you're into video games, I think video games when I was a kid helped me learn the rules a lot quicker um, just because you, you're playing it and seeing it more often than just watching one game. So uh, that kind of helped me. But yeah, just watching a lot, just like any sport, watching a lot of the sport, you're going to become an expert on it. There you go. Play video games. That's all you got to do. Well, and subscribe to the Fin Factor. But right. uh, either way, or both, uh, let's move on, uh, Frederick Clayson, to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning for probably the coolest name I've ever heard, Magnus Krona. Now, someone said that it sounded like he was competing in the World's Strongest Man competition, uh, <laughs> and he probably could because he's six foot six, like what, 200-something pounds? 215 or something. 215 yeah. pounds, six foot six goaltender. My goodness. Um, Magnus is certainly the correct name for him. I think uh, it was uh, Jonathan Becker who had said, can we call him big time? Because I guess Magnus and Krona, big and time. Um, it works for me. I, I like it. It's very good. But I think it, just the name alone, Magnus Krona, is solid as it is. Now, this was the guy who was the number one goalie for uh, it was University of Denver, right? Okay, so um, they're really excited to pick him up. Um, and I think moving Frederick Clayson, again, a guy who played, it was like four games. Yeah, four games for the San Jose Sharks. So um, kind of along the same lines as, you know, a Nick DeSimone or a, um, a Steph Nason, guys that only played a handful of games because of, you know, injuries or they were just kind of on a revolving door kind of thing in Nason's case. Um, and, and being able to pick up an asset for this. Now, this is, again, a goaltender that they're kind of, you know, high on, they, they see this guy and they, they really like his play. And the fact that he is the number one in Denver right now, I think it's, I don't, I don't want to be optimistic, but I'm cautiously optimistic about this guy. Now I know we've got Melnichuk and we've got uh Sachenko just signed. Uh, we've got Koshinash that's uh, backing up right now. I think he's going to swap in and out with Melnichuk. I think Doug Wilson had said between Koshinash and Melnichuk, they're going to be going back and forth. Uh, between the AHL for starts and the NHL for backups, not so much taxi squad duty. I think Sachenko is probably going to be taking a lot of the taxi squad duty. Um, but it looks like this Magnus Krona is going to be playing again uh, for Denver, which is great. It's good for his development. No need to rush the guy in. In fact, we do have a, a very short clip here. I think we'll just go ahead and, and roll this clip. Uh, this is basically uh, Doug Wilson answering what's the plan for for Magnus. So we'll go ahead and roll that. Yeah, he'll be the number one goalie at Denver again, and uh, um, but he's he's done very well. As I said, it's a very short clip. Um, so uh, Aaron seemed to think that one was a twenty second, a twenty six second clip. It was only six. Uh, I tried to warn him. Doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's, that's essentially all, all that uh, he had to say about that one. Apparently, unless Aaron, did you want to say the other twenty seconds worth of that? Oh man, I can't remember. He basically talked about how large he was. But not just large, he was a very athletic person. So usually when you have a large goalie like that, they're not as quick um, across their goal crease or something like that. So that's what they were very excited about him was he's a very athletic six foot six person. That's a very difficult 
thing um, you don't see kind of very often. Think of it like a basketball player. Usually those guys like look at Shaq, right? That's probably the best example of a guy who is, I don't even know how tall he is. Is he close to seven feet tall? But he's very slow. He's athletic enough to to at least he's bigger than most of those guys. So you'd be able to box him out and stuff. But um, think of Shaq's size, at least in relative to NBA, but much quicker and more athletic. That would be crazy. So that's kind of what they're excited about this guy is that he's so quick for how large he is that it kind of throws people off. Um, And for an example, tonight's game, I just looked this up. Um, it was, uh, the Stolars, the goalie for Anaheim, he's six foot five. Um, so this guy is even a little bit bigger than Stolars and Stolars looks large in that net. So he's going to look like an absolute monster in the net. Um, so this is a guy who, when Tampa Bay took him, I think it was a fifth round pick, uh, a couple years ago, he's kind of slated. He's still kind of on target to be eventually a star in the NHL. Now, it's not going to be for another three or four seasons because he's going to need a lot of development. Goalies tend to, other than super high-end draft picks, they tend to take about their 25, 26, 27 years old before you see him crack the NHL. Um, and that's pretty much where he, he's 20 right now. So we'll see him about 25, 26 years old, assuming he's still in the organization, doesn't get traded away, or they just let him go. So not someone that you're going to see coming in right away. He's probably going to play all four years at the University of Denver before he comes into the AHL. Um, so maybe we'll see him in the Barracuda in about two more years. But someone potentially, and the Sharks organization was excited to have him and work with him and potentially be a starter down the line. So good for the pipeline because now we have Malnichuk and we have Krona, and he has the coolest name in the NHL. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I mean, if anybody can uh, help out, you know, new goaltenders and get them acclimated to NHL and AHL action, uh, very confident in uh, goaltending coach Evgeny Nabokov. He's done a pretty solid job uh, with Martin Jones this season. Even Devin Dubnik saying essentially, you know, that he, he had worked with him before, but that he had helped him uh, with so many different things that he's going to be able to take with him for the rest of his uh, NHL career however long or short that may be at this point. That's kind of a lot of praise coming from a guy who's a veteran. You don't typically have someone teach you new things that you can take with you moving forward at that stage in your career. I think you kind of either, you know, your game or you don't, and you might have little tweaks here and there, but uh, if you have a was able to help a guy like Devin Dubnik and kind of turn Martin Jones back around, absolutely looking very forward to what he might be able to do with uh, the young Magnus Krona. So uh, moving on from that trade, again, very happy with that one. Um, it's not a, a pick necessarily, but uh, it's certainly a guy that they're, they're high on and they're very interested in. So uh, Auntie Suomela gets traded to Toronto. There's a couple deals here with Toronto with the San Jose Sharks. For Alexander, I'm going to butcher this one, Barabanov. Sure, Maybe. that sounds right. Maybe Barabanov, doubtful. Uh, Barabanov, I'm going with that. So this is a guy who spent seven seasons in the KHL, was signed to an entry-level contract. I think he was like 26 years old. Uh, he signed that contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs, played like 13 games, didn't really do much of anything. So um, I don't know. This is a guy that, you know, he's got some skill, but it seems like he has a hard time maybe getting himself uh, acclimated to the NHL level and kind of taking that next step. But at the same time, so was Anti Suomela. So this might be one of those just a hockey trade, um, just trying to get these guys uh, maybe a change of scenery. Who knows? 
So, uh, Aaron, what do you think about this trade? Do you know anything about this guy in particular? And are, are you okay with bringing him on and sending Auntie Suomela on his way? Uh, absolutely. Suomela, to me, he was kind of brought on, what, a season ago, um, kind of to be the third-line center. That's what everyone thought he was going to be. And it just ended up not coming out. Or he didn't, he didn't um, pan out, I guess I should say. So kind of, I think we have a clip here for, from Doug Wilson, but it is kind of a change of scenery thing. It's nothing against Suomela. It's hopefully that he can stick in the NHL and same thing coming back the other way, Barabanov. Uh, they, they hope that, um, you know, NHL teams want to see players succeed, whether or not it's with their team or another team. Um, it, it's, it, it makes the league better. So it's, it's, and it's better for the player development. And again, these aren't robots. They are humans and they have, feelings and people get friendly with their colleagues whatever you know what i mean so yeah so you want to see people be successful and you want to see them work now he's coming from the khl and the khl i believe uses the larger ice surface which is what the this is why melnichuk has not really cracked the nhl yet because he needs some time to adjust and there's a big adjustment period to it um same thing as a skater it's a much different game when you're on a smaller ice surface versus a larger one or a wider one. I don't think it's longer. I think it's just wider, right? Uh, no. Well, I, I know it's definitely wider. I'm not sure about the length, actually. Okay. Um, so anyway, he probably wasn't adjusting very well. And um, Toronto is a very talented, deep team. So he probably wasn't going to be getting the ice time that he would be getting in San Jose. So it's. I think it's a good thing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll probably see him once he is past quarantine. I, I can't remember what it is coming here i think it's a week in this county in san clara county um so i'm excited to kind of see what he could do because he's a very high skill player but let's roll the clip here of what uh when doug wilson was asked was this like basically a hockey trade um or was it something more do you guys like this guy so let's roll this clip you know anti sumel has done a great job for us and it was giving him an opportunity but barabanov we're very familiar with i mean he's won a gold medal i think uh multiple world championships, uh, world juniors. He's a really talented guy. Um, he might have needed a change of scenery. And sometimes that's what happens, a change of scenery for, for him and a change of scenery for Antti. But it, it came together, and it's a player that is a very talented, uh, uh, highly skilled, high-energy guy that uh, I think will be, be fun to see what he can bring to the table. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I guess I watched that clip because I said change of scenery. I didn't realize <laughs> I'm saying everything that he said in the clip yeah, already. You're, you're going off on like uh, you're you're giving away the clip here, buddy. I, I didn't I didn't know that was in the clip. I, I don't know. I jeez. Okay. Anyway, uh, let me real quick before I get you back on this. I see Kellen Foster saying he needs to raise the bar of Bonov of his game. That's awesome. And he even followed up with "I'll file that one away." Uh, <laughs> very good. Uh, and then that. Noah Claxton. No. <laughs> Noah Claxton also said, "I heard in two AHL games he had five points." But then he had none in three or five, I think. So uh, he's that borderline player, I think. Yeah. So I think he's kind of, uh, I think you're right. He's kind of that guy that maybe does uh, fairly well in the KHL, maybe does fairly well in the AHL, but has that hard time taking that next step. But as Doug Wilson had said, hopefully that change of scenery uh, will will do him well and maybe Auntie Suomela well as well. Go hired, Aaron. Was there anything else you want to say about this one? Uh, No, but uh, it's, I like, um, I like Russian players and I feel like the Sharks don't really draft or take that many, but I think with uh, Nabokov here as the coach, I think that's going to bring in a little bit more of that Russian P 
people in Russian players because uh, the Russian players are generally more. It's like to me in soccer because I grew up in soccer. It's like a Brazilian guy coming who is just a wizard. These guys are wizards on the puck and usually great skaters. So um, it's exciting for me to see those players kind of come in here um, and play and the Sharks kind of bringing in a little bit more of those. So I'm happy about it. I'm happy to see what he can do. Paul, is the AHL or KHL more revered for prospects? You know what? I'm not 100% sure because the KHL is, you know, it's the, the, the top league in Russia, but I don't think the KHL is anywhere near the talent of the NHL. So I think they're probably seen fairly equally. Uh, Aaron, what do you think on that one, actually? Uh, the KHL is less, it's not a development league. It's its own league. And it kind of, they kind of rival each other. And they kind of, um, back in the mid 2000s, kind of like during the lockout times, um, there were there were problems with players leaving the NHL and going to play in the KHL and they break their contract and vice versa. The NHL wants to bring this really high-end guy that's playing the KHL was undrafted and a team wants to sign him, but the KHL is like, well, hey, he signed a three-year contract with us and that's, you know, screwing over the, the KHL league. So they kind of signed a truce deal that they wouldn't basically do that anymore. They would respect each other's contracts. Um, the KHL is more, you get more Russian people, more Russian players, obviously, because it is in Russia, but um, you do see a lot of players. And with, what I was talking about earlier, when Seattle's coming in, a lot of these players that were kind of fringe NHL players, but they couldn't find a team because the teams were like, well, for the same price, I could get somebody younger uh, who has more potential than sign somebody who's a veteran, uh, kind of those those tweener players, kind of like Stefan Nason in a way. Um, you see a lot of those guys go to the KHL because they'll be good enough to play in that league. Now the KHL is not going to be the NHL level, but you'll see a lot of, especially the Russian NHL players that are towards the end of their career will go back and play there because they'll get paid. They'll be, they're speaking in their native tongue. So it's a little bit more comfortable for them. Um, the AHL is different because it's more younger prospects. These are, and it's in North America. So it's when teams uh, draft players, and they're not NHL ready. They're playing the AHL. And someone asked earlier, what's the difference between juniors and AHL? Junior hockey is for 16 to 20-year-olds. Uh, right when you turn 20, you can play, but then you're playing against 16 to 19-year-olds. Right? There you go. So if you are if you are good enough to make the NHL team, you can play the NHL as an 18-year-old. If you're not, you can't play in the AHL. Because junior leagues were like, well, you're taking all of our best players. It's kind of like NCAA in basketball. They're not allowed to – you have to have one year of playing the NCAA before you can go to the NBA. So juniors will take those um, teenagers, basically, and have them play there, and then they can move to the AHL teams. So that's what we saw last – what, last year and last two years ago. Chakovich and uh, – who's the other one? Um, Schmalinski. Yes, they they were playing on their junior team. Mm-hmm. And when the junior team finished and their playoffs were done, they were able to jump onto the AHL team. Same with uh, Merkley. He did the same thing. Yep. So you're allowed to play once your season is over. Um, and and then, but and this year was kind of an odd year because of COVID. There was a lot of junior teams that weren't playing. So they allowed those players to play in the AHL without screwing up any of the rules. So it's kind of a sorry, a long-winded answer, but trying to explain it a little <laughs> basic here. Um, so that that's uh, that kind of explains that. Um, yeah. So, well, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, uh, Noah Claxton, of course, bringing up uh, the one league you forgot, the PHL, uh, the Paul Hockey League, which is the best for prospects, uh, according to him. Um, that is a flat out lie, Noah. Uh, but I appreciate you uh, trying, <laughs> trying like heck to, to get just, me in there. They're just feeding your ego and you're eating it up. <laughs> if my head grows, it's not because I'm leaning forward. You, okay, <laughs> you, need, a, you need a bigger hat. I think you need a hat, man. The, the, the light's just shining off of that dome yeah. of yours. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Yes, yes. Get, get on, on with, it. with it. And moving on to the uh, upcoming expansion draft and the role that these decisions uh, by Doug Wilson and other teams uh, will be making at the deadline. I know this is a clip that we have, Aaron. Was there any sort of setup you had for this one here, or did you want to just start rolling into it? Well, the question was kind of asked of uh, were some of these trades made in preparation for the Seattle draft and is there more coming? Um, they even asked, and I don't think this is in the clip, but they asked about Brent Burns being exposed and all this other stuff. And Doug Wilson will never give an answer. So he didn't give an answer to specific players. And they was even asked if, you know, Patrick Marlowe was shopped around and he won't talk about it because it's a private conversation. So um, this was, again, uh did the expansion draft have a role in any of the trades that you made today? Yeah, I think what happens is, you know, we're, we're prepared for it just like we were the last expansion draft and, uh, you know, bringing young players in that don't have to be protected. That helps a little bit during this process. Uh, I think a lot of the conversations that every team has sets the tone for some of the uh, potential transactions that could take place after this season prior to the expansion draft. Uh, everybody's pretty well aware of the position every team is in. Teams will have to make decisions. Uh, you know, we feel fortunate that, um, you know, we'll have cap space. We've got young players. Uh, uh, we will lose a player just like in the last one. We lost David Schlemko, but we think we're pretty well positioned to, uh, uh, to move forward, not only through building our team, but uh, potentially take advantage to adding a player uh, that could be available because of the expansion draft. There you go. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that uh, because, like I was saying, if, if you wanted to, you could re-sign uh, Marcus Sorensen on a one-year deal. He's got he's got all the requirements except for he, that he's a UFA. So if you were to re-sign him, you can then expose him uh, to the draft and have other guys that you are uh, either pre- already protected or that are UFAs that you want to re-sign, but just hold off on re-signing them, right? So. He's talking about not just your own players, but other guys that you potentially would resign to then uh, be exposed uh, to the expansion draft. So, you know, I think, again, he's talking about being in a good spot and a good position uh, during this draft. I think he and along with everybody else in the league has learned a little bit of something about how the Vegas draft went. Now, he mentioned David Schlumko going, uh, which I don't even know where David Schlumko is right now. I liked his game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I was kind of like, oh, that kind of is a, a bummer to have him go. But uh, in the in the scheme of things, the long the long run here, losing David Schlumko was was not at all detrimental to this team. Uh, or maybe that's that's the reason we're not we're so bad right now. Maybe we needed David Schlumko. Who knew? Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, so was there anything else about that that in particular that you wanted to to talk about there? Uh, uh, yeah, sure you mentioned. He mentioned at the end then that they potentially adding a player because of the expansion draft. So I think to me that he's, and, and he said he's planting the seeds for at the end of the season or at the draft. He said, there had been a hockey deal that was a player that fit for now in the future. We'd look at that. We had a lot of conversations with a lot of teams that could lead to those discussions at the end of the year and prior to the draft. 
So he's planting seeds for movement for later. Maybe those those teams didn't want to get rid of some of those players before going into playoffs, but before the expansion draft or before the the um, entry level draft, maybe they're going to make some more movement. So the Sharks are in a good position. Doug Wilson probably was on the phone with a lot of other GMs, um, kicking the tires and saying, "Hey, we're available for moving some of these players if you want to um, get through that expansion draft, and here's the price for it." So. Like I said, the seeds are planted. I think uh, there's going to be a lot more stuff. I mean, he's hinted basically two or three times during this whole interview that the Sharks are going to have more prospects and or picks going into the draft. So um, kind of foreshadowing, I guess. So there's going to be a lot more stuff in the offseason. Two comments I want to pull up from Anthony Sanchez again. Uh, first of all, Schlumko is in the AHL. Thank you for that information. Uh, and then before that, uh, i rather sign Nieto than Sorensen. 100%, but I would rather keep Nieto than Sorensen. So if you sign Sorensen first, he can be exposed during the draft. Nieto, on the other hand, if you sign him and he gets exposed, he might get taken by Seattle. So you hold off on signing him, and then once – uh, Seattle makes their picks. You sign Nieto to a contract after the fact, and then you get to keep Nieto. That's what I was talking about. I think we're on the same page in terms of the player that we would rather have. Uh, I just think we're maybe going about it differently. So uh, there you go with that one. Um, Aaron, last thing here, I think was Zach Sachenko uh, was signed. And we talked a little bit about this already. I don't know if you had anything more that you want to say about it, but um, it, yeah, essentially it's, it's for that taxi squad reason. I'd already mentioned he's probably going to be on the taxi squad. And you're going to see Melnichuk and Koshinash flipping back and forth between the NHL for backup duties and the AHL for starter duties. So um, again, he's a guy that is maybe going to get a shot, but it seems like he's just kind of being used as a tool right now uh, for that taxi squad. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's a pure move just to get to move people around and, and more to get those other two goalies uh, playing time at the AHL level, less than the NHL level. So, yeah, he'll probably just take that taxi squad spot because they have to have somebody there. Okay, uh, there was a question earlier, and I'm going to have a hard time. For, there, Mr. Sanchez, uh, 1057 Super Just Jason. Do you guys think Wilson held off on trading big names because until tonight, he thought the Sharks would be a playoff team? Okay, there's two things to unpack there. First of all, uh, the until tonight, the Sharks would be a playoff team. Okay, they're out of playoff contention, but if you look at the standings, they're still just a few points out. Um, I'm not saying I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm not saying it's going to happen and you're all wrong. I'm just saying by the numbers, they might accidentally make playoffs this year, okay? So it could still happen. Uh, I'm not saying keep the faith. I'm just saying don't be shocked because if they do find their game, they might accidentally win enough to get in. So, um, you know, who knows? I, I, I don't know. And they may get bounced in the first round, and that's fine, but it doesn't change the the uh, fact that there is still a possibility that they might actually make playoffs. So um, there's that's the first part. The second part of your question was uh, trading the big names. Now, there was a report, and I think someone had said it uh, farther down the list here from Shang Peng, uh, saying that uh, Doug Wilson was listening to offers. Uh, he wasn't shopping Kevin LeBanc, but it sounded like other teams might have been interested in Kevin LeBanc's services. According to Shang Peng, he is a um, analytics darling. Uh, so apparently he was getting some interest around the league. Now, if there was a good reason to trade Kevin, like you're getting a first or something like that, okay, maybe. But the fact is you've got Kevin LeBanc locked up for, I think it was three, four more seasons. 
Um, so if you don't need to trade him, there's no reason to. The UFAs, it makes sense because you'd rather get something than nothing, right? But to trade Kevin LeBanc, the, the question really would be why? Unless you're getting something really big in return, there's really no reason um, to do that. You've got the leverage as Doug Wilson on, on Kevin LeBanc on his contract. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that, that they were even really thinking about moving him unless the return was just insane. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, uh, again, he was a guy that reportedly had said, you know, unless I'm going to a contender, I would rather just stay in San Jose. Uh, and, you know, good on him. I mean, this is a guy who pretty much knows that this isn't exactly the highest uh, caliber team to make the playoffs. Uh, if they do happen to squeak in, they're probably not going to go very far. And, and I'm sure he knows this, but he said, you know, unless I'm going to an absolute contender, I would rather not. I'll just stay in San Jose. It's okay. Um, I don't think this is a guy that is going to retire after this season. It sounds like he's uh, going to go for another season after this as well. Just kind of like that that body language, if you will. It, it feels like he's going to go for another one to me. I don't know. Uh, but Aaron, any other big names that you think that uh, maybe he was hearing from? And uh, maybe you just want to address that question. Well, I thought it was interesting. I think people saw that uh, the LA Kings, after they played, they wrapped up their series against them. Uh, was it Kopitar and uh Brown and and somebody else stayed afterwards to congratulate Marlowe. Kopitar, Carter, and Quick. So that made me think, I wonder if he's going to retire. And they were saying goodbye because that was the last time they were going to see him since uh, the season was going to wrap up. They, were, they weren't going to be playing them for the rest of the series or the season. So that made me think more of that than congratulating him on the feat that is going to be upcoming. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be back. We'll see. He breaks the record. Do you think the Sharks would want him back? Or are they going to give that spot to somebody else that is younger? Um, not so much cheaper, but younger because they deserve more playing time. Like, yeah. Would you rather have Patrick Marlowe or would you have Jonathan Dolan come over? Oh, of course. I mean, if Jonathan Dolan's ready to go, then uh, absolutely. They, they, his season might finish early. We might see him in the Sharks uniform at the end of this season. There's I'd a be chance that, that could happen. I would be 100% for it. Having said that, Jonathan Dolan uh, is one of the best guys in the second best Swedish league. So um, we've definitely seen. But he's trying to bring that team up to the first division. That's why he's staying with. It's his hometown too, I believe. 100%. 100%. But I guess what I'm saying is if you're going to take a look at that and say if this is a, a really good player and a guy who's ready to make the jump, you can't really say that because he's playing again in the second best league. When he takes that team into the best league, Right for for the Swedish league, the SHL, I believe, is what it's called. Uh, when once they get there, okay, then we'll see really what this guy's made of. And even then, the SHL isn't nearly the NHL. It's it's more akin to the AHL or maybe even the KHL. So um, I don't know. Being the best in the league that's behind what, what might be equivalent to the AHL. I'm not sure how much I'm feeling that, but um, anybody who can come in and maybe give the Sharks a little bit of a spark, I'm 100% behind that. Uh, And again, I would love to see him in Teal. I'm just not going to put him on a pedestal just yet. Sure. No, but still, I'd rather have him on the team than Marlo next year. Sure. As far as them uh, kind of congratulating him afterwards, I doubt that it's a, we know you're retiring. We're saying goodbye to you kind of thing because, um, I feel like he wouldn't just go up to other players from other teams and just say, hey, by the way, I'm going to retire next season because that feels like a very personal thing that he would keep to himself or to his own teammates and not have it permeate out to the league uh, and potentially get out to the media. I just don't see that happening. I think they were just saying, hey, man, congrats. 
uh, you know, we're not going to play you again uh, until, you know, maybe the next season and you'll have already broken the record. So we want to say congratulations now. I think they're hyper aware of uh, of his games played count and his longevity in the league. And I think that's pretty much all that was. But I mean, it could be the case that he retires next season. And maybe they were talking about that. But I just I don't know if I see that. Um, I know you you wanted to skip past this, but it was brought up in the previous uh, question here was, are the Sharks uh, still somehow in the playoff hunt? Again, I feel like they might accidentally find themselves still in the playoff picture. If they get on a bit of a roll, yes, they lost to Anaheim uh, twice. I think they've been outscored 9-1 to one in the last 120 minutes of play against the Anaheim Ducks, which is horrid. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, this team has has found ways to bounce back. And, and a trade deadline that passed where you only gave up guys that weren't on the roster, that just means you still got the same guys that had beaten Minnesota previously, that had beaten L.A. previously, that had, um, you know, contended with some of these other guys that we're going to have to go up against. So, I, I though we didn't have any additions, we certainly didn't take away from anybody that made us successful in a game here or there. So you could find us uh, taking a game, stealing a game, just like Anaheim has no business beating the Sharks. We might beat a team that we have no business beating and gathering points. Uh, and again, accidentally falling into a playoff spot. The more you know. <laughs> well, the Sharks, they're still only four points out. Um, they're sitting three points behind Arizona with two games in hand. So if the Sharks win those, they're going to be in fifth place in the division. Um, still ahead of LA and then they'd be ahead of Arizona and right behind St. Louis by a point. Uh, well, depending on what St. Louis does. So they're four points out of a playoff spot. That is not much. It would have been better. Obviously they won tonight and been two points out of a playoff spot, but uh, you know, you can only ask so much against playing against the ducks, <laughs> but yeah, yeah like, there's a chance that they could still be in the playoffs. And I think uh, going back to that uh, question a while ago about not trading any big name players. Absolutely. I don't think, Doug Wilson does not do tank jobs. He's not going to get rid of all these players and, and shed all the salary and be like, okay, let's just do it. We're going for that number one pick. That's not him. That's not how he does things. So um, there's still hope here. There's still hope that they can make playoffs and they're going to push for it. And it's not going to be the worst thing for the Sharks if they make playoffs because a lot of these young players don't have any playoff experience in the NHL. And it is definitely a different type of game. So it would be a huge development thing for these young players to make the playoffs. Um, and like I've said before, if you get to the dance, you have a chance. So uh, I, I know last week I or the last show, I was like, I hope they don't make it. But now I'm thinking about it like, okay, it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, I would want a higher draft pick. But at the same time, if they can make playoffs, you never know what could happen, especially in the COVID year, COVID season. Uh, watch a team, a playoff team, lose their best player to COVID, and he's out for a week. What are you going to do? You might be able to take advantage. Yeah. No, I mean, certainly there are certainly factors that, again, they might just fall into it. I'm not saying, no, guys, keep the faith. And I'm not saying it can, it'll totally happen. But I'm, I'm just saying it <laughs> by sheer luck, we might make the playoffs still. It's not like we're in Anaheim's position. There's no way they're getting back into the playoff hunt. The Sharks are right there. Um, for better or worse, they're right there. And again, we talked about this last episode too. I would hate to be that bubble team, the fifth seed uh, out of eight, um, the first team that doesn't make playoffs. And then just go into the draft, just not ha- in a very good position at all. You know, 15th or 13th or somewhere in there when, again, a tank job would be nice, but nobody goes in to play games and, and deliberately loses. No player wants to do that. So um, I don't know. 
is what it is. Why don't we go ahead and do roll call, and then we'll talk about the next games and the uh, the next show that we're doing. So roll call. Aaron, you want to kick it off? Sure. Uh, tell us where you're watching from, and were you disappointed that some players were not traded? Let us know who you <laughs> wish did get traded. I know there was some talk earlier in the chat I saw running through there of all these players. Everyone's, basically, everyone wants to trade everyone and just tank and get that first overall pick, which I don't think is very smart. I'm, I'm going to risk it, and I'm going to say Mr. Sandpaper's comment here. Aaron said last show that he would love to see SJ make the playoffs because uh, F star star star, which must mean funds the blues. I wasn't going to highlight it, but thanks. Well, it's, I'm doing it anyway. Uh, that that is uh, that is not then, word for word. That is not verbatim, Mr. Sandpaper. <laughs> well, look at the next quote he had there. Oh, no, not exactly. Exact okay. All right. So he he. <laughs> I did okay. not say that the last show. What I did say is it would be great if the Blues did not make playoffs because that would be a disaster for them. There would be a lot of firings. Can you imagine the Blues don't make the playoffs and the Sharks do? The Sharks, you know, everyone would be happy for the Sharks and everyone would be pissed at the St. Louis Blues, and I think it would be fantastic if that happened. (laughs) Uh, One more thing I want to bring up before we talk about the next games. The Los Angeles Kings, they're not a playoff team. No. They're not a playoff team. I love it. That's great. Just because I they, said this, they, they traded they traded a fourth to get Brendan Lemieux. Now again, they, he's a, is he a UFA after this? Uh, I don't even know. Maybe I he's an RFA. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's on. He's not. I don't think he's signed. He's got one year left. If they retain his rights, hey, that's great. That's fine. And they're thinking of the future, whatever. But Let's to see. trade a pick, no, he's got he's got another season. Oh, he does. Yeah. Okay. Still, I think if you're trading a pick to get a guy, I don't know. I think you think you're a playoff team. They also they didn't they traded, even sell. They yeah they did. They traded Carter. Oh, that's right. They sold Carter. My bad. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of right. a bigger bigger name on the market. He's kind of older now, but that was a big bigger deal. Kind of like uh, Anaheim was expected to to send out a Getzlaff, and they did not. So yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a trade like that. Like that's the old generation help help a team as a veteran as a yeah pure rental player. That's a big misfire, isn't it, on Anaheim's part? Uh, maybe there was no market. Maybe nobody wanted gets left. Must have been, or no contenders wanted him. I should say. Yeah. It's kind of like the Marlo thing, right? There's no contenders that wanted him. Maybe some some teams that were a bubble team or trying to make playoffs wanted him, but maybe Marlo said no thanks. Uh, BKS says Oscar from the UK. I think maybe his name is Oscar. Okay, uh, I have a bet that San Jose Sharks. Will make the playoffs, so it would be nice. Well, hey man, for you, I hope they make the playoffs, and I uh, hope you win your bet. Wait, uh, can you imagine? You imagine the Sharks. It would be a very shark thing <laughs> for the Sharks to just squeeze in the playoffs and then win a cup, because nobody would expect it, right? We didn't. I, yeah, <laughs> not at all. Uh, Keith saying he didn't care about the trades. Well, that's uh, okay. Noah said apparently the Ducks wanted too much, and the Knights were in on Getzlaff. Yeah, I'm sure they were they were trying to get as much value as they could, and yeah, I think you take whatever you can get. Honestly, he do he'll pull a Patrick Marlowe anyway. He loves Anaheim. He'll just resign with them next season. And then all your fans will be upset because you didn't get much for him. <laughs> Better than nothing. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, next games. Uh, so normally we do a show after every two games. Um, we decided to do one tonight because we want to do trade talk. And thankfully, we didn't have anything to say about the Anaheim game, so we skipped right over that. For uh, the next week, what we're going to do is instead of having the show on Wednesday to talk about the atrocious game tonight 
and whatever is bound to happen on Wednesday against Anaheim, what we're going to do is we're going to lump the next three games together. So Anaheim and the two games on Friday and Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Aaron, are you looking for the Sharks? Obviously, you're looking for it. But do you think they're going to bounce back, have a better performance? Again, they were outscored 9-1 in the last two games against the Anaheim Ducks, the lowly Anaheim Ducks. Do you think they can find their game on Wednesday night? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to get a big chewing out, maybe a, a bag skate tomorrow so uh i would fully expect them to be coming out hitting hard and and playing hard on wednesday after being embarrassed for nothing to a backup goaltender of stallers so um yeah i think uh i bet they come back and they beat anheim and then they got two games against minnesota on friday saturday uh i think they they tend to play better against minnesota and, and lundy's not here tonight because he usually is talking smack about minnesota since he lives there uh but um yeah, they. I I feel like. Uh, can you imagine they win the next three games? They go on a three game winning streak right now. They're going to be right there in That's the what playoffs. They might actually accidentally <laughs> become a playoff team. That's what I'm saying. All it they, takes is a little streak, and like they said, say. dude, they said it on the broadcast tonight. They're, all the teams around the Sharks lost. Yep. One That's all that has streak. to happen. One hot streak of a three to four game hot streak, especially in this. In this year where there's only 56 games, right? So let me look at the standings here. Sharks have played 41, so they got 15 games left. Yeah. You put together 10 wins in those 15 games, you might be in there. But Anthony Sanchez doing saying probably what you would like them to do is to go 0-16 to finish the season to get the better draft pick. Um, I really like this uh, Penor guy, except for the the question that he had about have they ever won a cup. We don't talk about that here, Penor. I, I can't tell if he's if he's legit or if he's just trolling us. No, he's definitely not. He's not not trolling because uh, he's at the bottom. He's like, well, I guess I'm not a bandwagon then. So good for you, my friend. Welcome and uh, welcome when we like welcoming in fans, especially when uh, we suck. Because uh, it's it, again, you're not a bandwagon fan, so hey, good for you, buddy. Uh, Get on with it. I think it's important to welcome the new guy, whatever. Thank you, Jimbo God. Okay, so we're done with the, the talking about the next uh, games. Mr. Sandpaper asks, Will Koshinosh be better than Jones by the end of the season? He's been actually doing very well on the Barracuda in the last five games or so, I thought, wasn't he? Sure. Statistically, he's playing in the league that's not as difficult as the NHLs. Now, you want to talk about if that's what you're talking about statistically, or are you talking about if you look at the two goaltenders, which no, one would my, you rather play? My point is he's his game is rounding out better than it was, and I think he's kind of on his his confidence level is getting up there, and I think that's a big thing for goalies is confidence level because goaltending is a very much a mental game more than uh, skill. Everyone has a, pretty much the same skill, uh, but it's the mental part that you're not gonna. <laughs> nice. He searched for us and or he searched for a shark stream and you guys are here. Excellent. Uh, I was just kidding about the troll thing. Okay. Anyway, I think um, to me, goaltending is, is a lot more mental. And once you kind of get that confidence in yourself and then also getting that NHL experience, which is why I was happy that they put him in the third period. Uh, was it two games ago? They put or last game. I can't even remember. They put him in the third period. And uh, so he got some action for the first, ever in the NHL instead of starting a game with nothing you get those nerves out um and I forgot who it was I saw a quote somewhere of a goalie that had just started his first game and they said they were nervous as heck the first I think it, it might have been Melnichuk 
Um, Nabokov talked about Melnichuk and he said that his nerves were crazy and he was, he was so nervous that first game. Do you remember that game? He, uh, Jones got pulled. They put him in and Dowdy shot the puck from his own blue line directly on him. Do you remember that? Yes. I remember watching that going, Dowdy, you, you trying to just <laughs> welcome to the league. Here you go. Here's a slapper from, you know, 150 feet away. <laughs> See if you can handle it. Um, yeah, that was, that was actually kind of smart on Dowdy because he knew that that was his very first NHL game. Keith right. is saying, uh, great seeing you take care. But before you go, Keith, uh, Super Producer Jason says he has a surprise photo for us. Super Producer Jason? He does? What do you got? Almost bought this item last night. Okay, here it comes. Blue cream. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Who took that picture? Jason? You did it in... You're supposed to go widescreen. Oh, <laughs> okay, so blue cream. That's a that's a throwback to a, a previous episodes. Panor, you're gonna have to watch every single one of our episodes uh, was, now to be able to pick I'll, that one up. I'll narrow that down. That was during a live playoff game against the Blues. That that'll narrow it down for you. There you go. Uh, oh, also, Panor says I liked the video and subbed. So uh, if you have not liked the video, that's okay. Uh, but if you've not subbed, that's not okay. Uh, you don't have to search for us. Although if you do uh, search for uh, Shark Streams, apparently we come up, which is great. But why bother the search? Just hit the subscribe button, and anytime we go live, it'll hit your inbox. You guys will know. And of course, if you follow us on any of our socials, which are up there in the corner of the screen, uh, you can see uh, all of our socials there. Follow us on Twitter mostly, and uh, you'll be able to figure out when we are going live. So uh, and, and join these conversations. It's a whole lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad that you showed up, actually, Benor. It's it's, uh, it's a good time. And again, the community has been uh, really fun and, and kind to you. So thank you very much, community. You guys are doing awesome. Appreciate that. Um, let's see. The next show is going to be on Saturday, like I said. So we're going to do these next three games. We'll be back on Saturday night after the the second Vegas game, and uh, we'll do this all over again here. Um, the what about the dad shoes? Oh, uh, dude, I don't know when we did the dad shoes. That was so long ago. Are you kidding me? That was probably in season one. No, um, I saw the Fin Factor toaster on Instagram. When is that dropping? Soon. <laughs> we're going to have more stuff in the store very soon. More. Yes. Options. Yes, we will have more options in the store very soon. Now, tonight is the last night. I tried talking them into it, boys. I tried, uh, but is the last night for the 40% off. Panor, if you're enjoying the show, you want to help support, go to thefinfactor.com. We are currently running a 40% off store wide. So this all supports the Fin Factor. It supports the show. We have premium t-shirts. They're now just $15. Snapback hats are just 18. Sticker packs are just $3. And everything is currently in stock. Again, we hold these items in inventory. So they're they're going to be gone at some point. So if we sell out of a certain size, that's it. Okay. Um, so yeah, the finfactor.com prices is marked through today through basically an hour from now or, or whenever it is. It's happening right, basically right now. So uh, yeah. this is the last time, the last chance to get it. Now, in terms of the quality, again, we went uh, good on the quality. The shirts are very comfortable. They're super soft. The hats are very nice. They have uh, good, great embroidery on them. Uh, to, the logo really pops off of them and everything. And the stickers, they stick so well. It's ridiculous. Uh, so, um, yeah, be sure, head over there, uh, support the show. We do appreciate that. Um, anything else, Aaron, did you want to, you said there was going to be some new products. I don't know if we can say anything about that, but we will have some new stuff soon. 
We'll have some new stuff in the store. Uh, look out for it in the next week or two. Uh, Noah asked, wait, serious question. When are you guys going to be back in the studio? I miss those days. Uh, we are going to, we are planning on being back in the studio for next season. So probably at uh, some point this summer, we're going to, we actually have to build the studio. Yeah. The other one is, I think it's gone. I think we, uh, <laughs> super producer Jason dismantled it and used it for parts. So we are going to be building a new studio and uh, we will be, Probably this summer, I would imagine. Yeah. So um, if not the beginning of next season and it's before that, it'll be after uh, I've had my second shot. I got my first shot. Yay. Uh, and Aaron, I think you're all done, right? Because you Dunskis. work. Yeah. You're, you work in um, what's it called? Distribution. Yeah. But what's the um, alcohol distribution? No, whatever. Uh, it's it's necessary for you. Whatever that term was. Essential. Um, thank you. Essential worker. You're an essential worker. There you go. Because you distribute alcohol who knew uh regardless uh so once i have my second one i'll be able to do the show in studio with aaron uh however again we'll probably just wait till next season regardless uh we look forward to seeing you guys next season so if if you're not subscribed again please do hit that button and hit the bell uh aaron anything else oh wait hold on mr sandpaper i would buy a ton of stickers if they had your youtube channel advertised on them otherwise no one would know what these random stickers as i litter them around town (laughs) We're pretty low on stickers, so we're going to be doing a new run, and I'm I'm going to add that on there, our link. So when we first got those stickers, we didn't even have the YouTube URL yet because we didn't have enough subscribers, so we couldn't put it up. Um, so true. yeah, we'll we'll add that on there. Noah, long live the old studio. Nope, it's coming down, and we're going to build something uh, a lot sleeker, a lot nicer. So. Oh, we we will probably have some bobble giveaways at some point, though. Probably towards the end of this season, we'll have some stuff to give away because. We're going to do a complete redesign of the set, obviously. So yeah. look out for that. Uh, we will keep you informed. We'll probably do some sort of competition or uh, not competition, but what's the word I'm looking for? Entry. Raffle. Huh? Raffle. Raffle. Thank you. There you go. Been a while. We're helping uh, each other with words tonight, Aaron. I'm feeling very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yes. <laughs> failed and with that we're gonna go ahead and end the show i want to thank panor uh for being uh an awesome member of the chat here tonight and i want to thank the community for helping him feel welcome um he's got the big red heart right back at you buddy uh so with all of that feeling the love here uh for super producer jason i'm paul and i'm aaron and we will see you guys saturday night saturday night bye 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 thanks for tuning in if you like this episode check out our other content especially interviews you can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.